Hello everyone, this is Malki Asad, a plastic surgery resident in the US, and welcome back to my channel. In prior videos, we covered multiple aspects of residency interviews, mainly from the applicant perspective, how to answer certain questions. We did a mock session with a, an applicant, but today I have a special video for you in which I will be interviewing a former associate program director who will tell us all about interview secrets from the other side. Welcome Dr. Saad to the channel. Can you please introduce yourself to, to our viewers? Thank you, uh, Dr. Assad, for having me today. Uh, my name is Lewis. Uh, I'm currently a second year rheumatology fellow at University of Pittsburgh. However, before that, I did my internal medicine residency at Medsar Health Baltimore. Uh, and then I served as a chief resident, and then I served as a faculty at the same program with the title of assistant professor at Georgetown University for a couple of years and then at the end i was associate program director for the internal medicine residency program before joining university of pittsburgh as a rheumatology fellow awesome can we start by having you tell us a little bit about why interviews are important and are they just a check box in your application or they're more important than that in my opinion i think interviews are the most important step of the entire application process once you get the invitation, the invitation is nothing more other than being approved on paper that you are a good candidate, yet to be uh, vetted in person. So when you go to the interview, you're competing with nine other applicants, at least, for the same spot. And this interview will be the sole determinant whether or not you will be ranked highly at that program or not. So it is definitely not a checkbox. It should be taken very seriously. It could be the answer of whether or not you're going to match at a certain program or in the entire match season. That's very exciting to hear that. As a former associate program director, you being on the other side, interviewing applicants, a lot of IMGs, what are the things that you would look for in an applicant when interviewing them? Great. So what I look for in an applicant when they interview with us is actually multiple things at once. We, we have, uh, every program has some sort of vetting system for the applicants. Maybe you can call it a scoring sheet or some criteria that they want to go by. So they try to assess with questioning you uh, some of your professionalism traits, your teamwork skills, uh, your honesty, how genuine you are. Are you giving answers that are scripted or are you honest during the interview? Are you able to answer difficult questions? Um, are you confident? Are you relatable? So there are endless things that we can tell by those interviews. They are extremely helpful and I've done them over uh, several years now. And I know exactly what every question is going to be checking for when we are asking those candidates the, these questions. So they are very, very important uh, steps. Awesome. And if anyone who's listening to this video and want to individualize their interview preparation and make sure that they are preparing the right way, is their interview preparation. Uh, you can schedule a session with our advisors, including Dr. Saad. I'll leave the link for that in the description below. Dr. Saad, what are the questions that you generally ask the applicants? Are there like a list that the program directors uh, give the people interviewing the applicants, or it depends on each interviewer? How does this process work? 
That's a very good question. So it depends on the program, but historically, it, the, the, the applicant will be interviewing with probably on average five different interviewers. Each interviewer will have sometimes a specific goal. One interviewer will be asking questions regarding behavior, behavioral related issues or professionalism related issues. The other interviewer might be asking some uh, academia related questions, vetting the real interest of the applicant. Another interviewer will be in, uh, checking on the, um, um, is he, resident or applicant i should rather say going to be a good fit to the program or not so there are certain goals we we will all be looking at um, and each interviewer will have a certain objective but there is always a very common uh consensus of some of the traditional questions that will be almost always asked in each interview so such as tell me about yourself why this specialty why our program tell me about a case where you had a conflict with a colleague and how did you resolve it this is to check professionalism what's your uh, what are your strengths what are your weaknesses what are you going to bring to the program questions about application red flags um questions about um what you're going to add to the program questions about what where do you see yourself in 10 years um so there are a myriad of questions that will be asked during the interview and of course at the end they, there will be a q a uh, a couple of minutes for q a questions where if the applicant has any questions to the program and we have a detailed list of over 200 questions that commonly show on interviews and i'll leave the link for that in the description below and it's a detailed blog on our website, themagiguy.com. Dr. Saadi, tell me about yourself. It's probably uh, the most common asked questions on the interviews, as you highlighted. It's generally the one that the interview starts with. How would you recommend answering this question? Uh, so tell me about yourself is actually one of the most important questions that you, a candidate can be asked. And that's for several reasons. Number one, this is the question where you're going to leave your first impression on that interviewer. And as we all know, first impression is an everlasting impression. I can remember so many times when my, I am so fulfilled with the first question of tell me about yourself, when I am so fulfilled with the answer, I no longer care about the rest of the interview. I am at that moment determined that this applicant is a top-notch applicant and should be ranked high. A few common mistakes I see about tell me about yourself would be when an applicant would start saying where they're born, where they lived, where they where they travel to, what um, what they did, what their hobbies are. This is not the right way to answer it. This is not relevant. The way tell me about yourself should be answered is you should answer it in a way that will convince me as an interviewer why I should hire you why you should be in my program so as a rule of thumb i divide the answer of this question into a three general general sections section number one would be um who you are in general where you graduated from and how and glorify whatever 
you have in that process. For example, if you got a scholarship to go to that medical school, you should, you should mention it now. Uh, num section number two, why are you a competitive candidate? So here you will tell me about what, what you've been involved in, what you've been, uh, what your research is or publications or what, what activities have you done that proves your interest in the specialty you have applied to. Um, and that would be section two. Section three would be why are you here today? Why did you apply to this program? Are, did you apply to this program by chance, randomly, or did you have a specific reason? So if you go through these three sections, you will answer this question in a very eloquent, concise, and cohesive way. How long do you recommend this answer to be? No more than one minute, one minute and a half. Because I've seen so many applicants who go on and on and on about their story for two, three minutes, and you feel that I'm losing interest in the answer now. So what, what is your take from the other side? Yes, you have, to, you have to know how to be concise. You need to know how to summarize. Uh, that's a judgment call. So it reflects that you know what are your core strengths are and what is probably secondary information that shouldn't be included there. So if the interviewer is seeing that an applicant is going through tangents, then the interviewer might conclude, well, this applicant doesn't really know what's important and what's not. So probably sometimes if the answer is very long, it might really uh, reflect poorly on the applicant. So be, having a concise answer is important. And in the second part of this answer, you said to mention why you are as a, a competitive applicant. And I've seen applicants who mention I scored this and I published this number of papers and they start listing their CV. Uh, the, are you referring to something else other than reciting re, uh, their CV or what is the best way to present that they are competitive applicants through the tell me about yourself? This is a very good question. Actually, summarizing your CV in this question is a very good idea, unlike the common misconception out there that we shouldn't do that. Now, the CV will be thoroughly, thoroughly reviewed when you are being invited. However, at the day of your invitation, whoever invited you might not fully remember your CV, number one. Number two, it's only the program director or the person who sent you the interview knows your CV in and out. Number three, on the day of interview, each interviewer will have between eight to 15 applicants. And they have only 20 minutes per applicants. And the time they have between applicant one and applicant two is only two to three minutes. They have two to three minutes to revise your CV. They don't have it most of the time one day prior. So the applicant shouldn't assume that the interviewer knows their CV. Therefore, saying something along the lines that as soon as I went into medical school, I started my research endeavor and I was involved in 10 research projects that resulted in five publications is always a great idea. They don't have to go the list, each one of them, but they should summarize your, their CV because the, the interviewer will not as opposed to common knowledge, will not know 
the CV of that applicant. They barely have two minutes between applicants to flip through the personal statement, USMLE scores and the CV. Yeah, I, I think this is a great idea because I've seen applicants who either ignore their CV uh, like fully or they go into, as you mentioned, the details of the publications and this would way, get you way over the one minute, one minute and a half we're trying to talk about. I always recommend to have it as part of the story. So you're telling me the story of your life of by mentioning after medical school, you got involved in research and you work on this and that very briefly and going to the next point, I'm getting the strength without necessarily having I published this paper in this journal and I get this course. I think scores uh, should not be included in, in your uh, tell me about yourself answer because this is very obvious on your CV, but any accomplishment, it's nice idea to bring it as part of the story. Yes, awards, special certificates, special additional courses, anything that demonstrates why you are competitive and that serve as evidence why you're interested in this specialty. And you didn't apply for this specialty just because this is the easiest specialty you want to apply for. Exactly. Now moving to another very common question, I'm sure you've answered, you've asked this question multiple times on the interviews, is why internal medicine? Can you tell us a little bit about the answers or the mistakes you've encountered when answering this question and what is the best way to ace the tell me about the specialty? So, why this specialty? That will go through two sections. Section number one is tell me about your own values and why your values align with the specialty you chose. So you have to demonstrate very eloquently and not just in general term where we say, well, because it's a puzzle or well, because there is patient communication. Well, we all know medicine is complex and all specialties have to some degree, patient communication and puzzles to solve. So you should be you should be more profound in your answer, if I should say. So that's section number one: why internal medicine or why the specialty for whatever specialty it is. And the second section: what is the evidence that proves that you are interested in this specialty? If you have any evidence, such as publications in that uh, type of um, specialty or electives in this specialty or U.S. clinical experience in this specialty or volunteering that is related to this as well. What so, are the mistakes that you've seen applicants say when answering this question? So they're not really mistakes as uh, maybe I should call it as a scripted answer. You can very well tell when an answer isn't coming from the applicant's own value and that they learned an answer writ written somewhere on the internet. It's very easy to tell. And sometimes the interviewer can, when in doubt, they can very easily discern if that is the case because they will ask a follow-up question based on this answer. Sometimes they will be like, I like it because of A, B, and C, and then the interviewer would think that this is not very genuine. Then they will be, tell me more about B, tell me about your point in B, and then the applicant will be stopped. And if that happens, the applicant will not be ranked at that program ever again. Yeah, this is this is very uh, good to know because applicants think, again, they're walking in the park, oh, it's just an interview, and they don't know that a single answer that is not answered well might get you out of the process. 
And that's why I always recommend if you need help, reach out to uh, people who are experts in this process, not like just your colleagues who are also interviewing you who also don't know the, the best way to answer questions. It might, the answer might, this is the problem, the answer might look good to them, but to someone who's experienced, it's not. Because they have this list, as you said, they read it online, term medicine is one, two, three, and they start not mentioning their experiences, the proof that you mentioned of why you like this. Because of this, maybe you did volunteering, you did research, you did some US clinical experiences, experiences in your country. So we want to hear the experience, not just preaching about the specialty, which we already, these people you're interviewing with, I'm sure they already know about internal medicine. They don't need you to tell them why internal medicine is cool, right? Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's an excellent point. Awesome. So now moving to another important uh, question, which is why the program? So what is your advice when answering this question? And you as someone who is interviewing applicants, what did you want to hear when, they, when you asked them why this program? So here we're trying to assess uh, the level of fitness of that applicant into our program. Will they be a good fit for us? Will we be a good fit for them? For example, let's say if I'm interviewing at a university program that is a very good university program but doesn't have their own basic science research lab and then a phd applicant md phd applicant comes to me and tells me that i lo i love your program and uh however i see that they have md phd and probably they're aspirations are to be involved in basic science research here i will see that their ambitions are not going to be fulfilled by our program so here i would ask them why our program and just to assess like what i concluded from their cv or their uh, history wouldn't be necessarily applicable to our program similarly if someone with no interest in research and they're coming to a program where they have a very long list of scholarly activity requirements then we will also consider whether or not this person will be a good fit to us for us or not or do they have the genuine interest in being involved in research so the answer should be clarify any disconnect between the applicant and the program and the applicant should also take the advantage of this question by answering what connections they have to the hospital or the program or to the area in general or why they chose this program in specific the one answer they should avoid is general answer is because i learned that you have a very good program and your program is excellent and it provides excellent patient care and it provides excellent teaching those are general statements and what i call them is what i call them would be only word fillers when an applicant doesn't know what to say and they just want to give an answer they say this time your answers should be personalized especially now that applicants don't have the chance to do away rotations or it's much less than before imgs you do observerships how do you recommend for the applicant to know about the program so they can personalize the answer? Uh, with this day, day and age, uh, everything is now available on the internet. So um, 
and all good programs have a dedicated website or a web page uh, of their program, their program description, their faculty, their uh, current residents, what their uh, visions and mission, uh, what their objective, what, where did the former uh, graduates end up at? So, for example, if someone is uh, looking for a clinical program, not heavy on research, yet they want to be in academia which is very well possible where you can get clinical faculty rather than research faculty then you can say well i apply to your program because i know your program has applicants who share this similar background as i do also they share also your former graduates ended up in probably 20 percent rate in faculty positions in a clinical faculty positions, which is something I'm looking forward to, which really answers me that answers that I will be able to probably be a good fit for this program because I will be able to achieve those goals given your past history. So there are multiple ways. Or if, for example, someone is really looking for GI fellowship, which is one very competitive fellowship these days, and then they go to the website and they see the former residents, three of them went to GI fellowship, which is a very good number. Then they can say, well, I am interested in your program but since my interest in GI fellowship is very high. And I know that your program was very successful in matching their graduates into GI fellowship programs. And therefore, uh, this is why I'm here today to help me achieve my goal as well through your leadership or my training through your uh, program. Awesome. We're not going to be able to cover all the questions, but I want to cover two more before we end this interview. One of them is the behavioral questions. Can you tell us a little bit about the behavioral questions? What are the commonly asked ones and how to answer them? Yes, this is a very excellent uh, question, uh, Dr. Assad. Um, so um, behavioral question can come in multiple formats. It could be just like a real life scenario, case scenario, and you, they want to know how you resolve that conflict. Uh, another part would be they will give you an ethical dilemma question and they want to see how you're going to answer it. Uh, or they will simply ask you what are your weaknesses. Now, you can't tell how many times applicants can very well fail this question. For example, one of the biggest examples when we ask about, tell me about a conflict, they give me a case where they were the senior student on a case, and then a junior student had a medical opinion about the case, which was different than the senior medical student. And then they present this case as that I had a different opinion and I had to teach this student, which is great. However, you're telling me that having different opinions is a conflict, while me as an interviewer, I see that as an opportunity for growth. So if I see that you're, you're probably translating different opinions and feedback to your resident as a conflict, then that would be a very red, big red flag, and that will get you out of the door. Another uh, red flag question is when an applicant answers, what are your weaknesses? And they tell me sometimes 
a weakness that is this disguised in strength they will be i pay so much attention to details well this is what we're looking for so you're just trying to evade the question in a nice way but you're not doing yourself a nice favor by doing so so you have to be very careful about your answers and not to show that you're purposefully trying to evade answering the question uh, at the end of each interview i'm sure you and other interviewers ask the uh, applicant if they have any questions for you or any questions about the program how how do you recommend that the applicants tackle this question that is they should ask a question and have you seen like good questions bad questions do you judge the applicant or evaluate the applicant by the questions they ask this is a very good uh, point and yes there are some questions you have to avoid at all costs and they can get you really uh, in a place where they would question your sincere interest in the program um, so number one you should ask questions that will help you as the applicant are you going to rank this program high or low if you ask irrelevant questions that wouldn't really help you i will tell that probably you're not making a very good decision a uh, few of the questions that i would avoid like what kind of how do you evaluate your leadership skills or how do you respond to residents feedback well you know you're asking a question that you may very well hear a politically corrected answer and while you may have hear a very good answer i don't know how that would be helpful to make a decision based on where you want to rank yourself or the program or not um, so you don't ask self-evaluative questions to the program you ask questions also you don't ask questions that are already answered in the program overview or on the web page of the program and you would like also to ask questions that will reflect what your values are so for example if you ask me what are or for example if you ask me is there any leadership role for the residents during their training at your program that reflects to me that you are not only interested to come here and get your training and leave, you are interested to contribute to the program. So that makes me really feel or value you as an applicant very highly. So the way you ask the question can really have some impact on the interviewer. How many questions do you recommend that the applicant ask? Because I've seen people who ask four and five and six questions. They can ask as many as they want but they don't have to have like they don't have to have a certain number of questions they could probably if they have at least one that would be enough but if they have more than one they should ask them they, especially if they are sincere questions now the one thing they have to avoid that they shouldn't probably ask the same question to multiple interviewers uh, all these interviewers will meet at the end and they will discuss the applicants and it will show distrust in the answer if the applicant carries the same question and ask it repeatedly for all the interviewers. So you, you're saying they should uh, pick different questions for each interviewer? Yes. And ask questions that will definitely help them to choose the program, not just 
to make them look that they're asking question. Exactly. You don't want to ask word filler questions. You don't want to ask questions just for the sake of asking questions. That will look very obvious and it will show lack of sincerity. Yeah, that's that I've seen that over and over. People just ask questions to ask questions. So as we're approaching the end of this video, I want to ask you a question since you were on the other side and you know how the process goes. After each interviewer meet the applicant, what happens next? Do they score? A, they have, do they have like a sheet? They score each applicant on? Do they meet? Like do they make an overall score or they discuss each applicant collectively as a group? How does this? What happens after the interview? Yes, that's a very good question. So after the interview, there will be a debrief meeting for approximately one hour to like two hours, and each interviewer will be sitting, and we will have our notes on each applicant and then we will be discussing each applicant and usually the program director will have their own uh, rank uh, scoring sheet and there will be scoring system for each component of the interview behavioralism professionalism fitness to the program personality related issues uh, academic uh, achievements and stuff like that um, and then it will be approximately a certain number of scores that will actually help at the end of the interviewer or the interview season to rank all applicants based on these scores. So, and each interviewer will give their input about each applicant. And then at the end, we will be deciding a score for each criteria. And then there will be a, to a total score. But of course, every program will do it differently. Yeah, that, that's true. Every program has their own way. But generally, most programs, especially in IM, they have multiple days. Do they rank usually the applicants from each day? And then at the end of the interview season, they interview the, sorry, they rank all the overall applicant pool they, they had, or they just leave it to the end? No, they leave it to the end. That's a very good question. So, and I get asked that a lot. So if you interview at the, beginning of the season or at the end of the season doesn't really matter because you will all go through this pool of applicants and be ranked the same way it's an objective ranking so it's it, it really doesn't rely on memory some sometimes i hear applicants saying well the applicant or the interviewer or the program director will no longer remember me at the end but it's not really about remembering you because it's you have a score and you will be ranked based on that score. Where that score will not change if you've done it at the beginning or at the end. However, what will have a tremendous impact is when you submit your application. If you submit your application even one week later, the, you have a very low chance of being sent interviews depending on the program because once they have the first batch of applicants, and let's say there are so many faculties that they will be um, assigned to determine several uh, applications to be sent interviews. Once the first batch of applications have been reviewed, um, they will fill the interview spots. But if, um, if the spots were filled and there are there are no more needed applications to be reviewed, then 
Anyone who submitted their application subsequently will not really be reviewed at all. Awesome. Dr. Saadi, that was an amazing interview. Before we end, any final advice for applicants uh, interviewing, especially now it's in the interview season, international applicants or U.S. seniors? Be yourself, be sincere at the interview season, show your confidence, and show that you are very interested in this program for personal reasons, and be authentic, and you will do great. Dr. Saleh, thank you so much. That was an amazing, comprehensive overview of uh, an insider view, actually, of how the interview process works from the other side, from the program director's side. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dr. Assad, for having me here today. It's my pleasure. For our viewer, if you have any questions, drop them in the comments below or feel free to reach out to us on our email info at thematchguide.com, my Instagram or Twitter at Malki Asad or my Facebook page Malki Asad ND. If you need help one-on-one -on -one, uh, interview preparation session in which we do have the session as a mock session and the other half as a feedback, don't hesitate to schedule a session with us. We'll leave the link for that in the description below and Dr. Saadi will be available to do this session with you or any of the other advisors that we have. Uh, thank you everyone so much for watching and good luck on your interviews.